Before I get started, I wanted to take a quick second to talk about my sponsor, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. New website. They changed everything up. It's an awesome, awesome new website. Go check it out. Very user-friendly. Got everything that the old one had. Just uh, a new layout and a new setup. Also, be sure to use the promo code FACTS whenever you check out. They get you 25% off your order. I love Paloma Verde CDBD. Uh, I use the gummies and the tincture. It helps me mellow out. It helps me rest and sleep during the day. I'm, I am very much a up and going kind of person. And if the sun's up, I'm up and working a night shift, that sucks. So these help kind of mellow me out, calm me down, uh, give me where I can, you know, lay down, take a nap. They also have a salve. My wife had uh, a major back surgery when she was younger and she has some shoulder and back issues. And she has said that the salve is the only thing that makes her feel better. When she puts that on her shoulders, everything is better. She can actually move. She's not stiff. So go check them out. Carlos and Vanessa over at uh, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use the promo code FACTS and get 25% off your order. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. All right. So I got some really good feedback from the post I made on Facebook and Twitter the other day about uh, asking for content suggestions for the show and, and seeing what uh, people thought of, like, what should I talk about? Because I like talking about, I, I'm trying to get away from doing the just uh, rants on the crazy shit that's going on in the world every day and every week because that stuff gets boring and and a lot of it's the same stuff on repeat. And right now, it's just not a not a whole lot that I really care to dig into over and over again, week after week. So I want to talk about specific topics that are interesting to people and talk to people about those topics. Uh, so one of the things that was mentioned was my libertarian origin story. And I know I had done it once before, but I think in hindsight i think i did it as like a short three to five minute video that was exclusively on uh facebook and youtube like i don't think i actually did it for the show i think that was i think that was actually my very first video before i ever started doing the podcast at all so i can kind of get into that um because i, I guess everybody has that I know has come to libertarianism through one way or another. And like, they're all different. The stories are usually different, unique. Some people came from the right. Some people came from the left. It, it, it varies. And it's kind of dependent on uh, where you were in life and where you grew up. And, you know, it's kind of regional and, and there, there seems to be a, a common theme for most, but, you know, for the most part, uh, it varies from person to person, and so for mine, it's it, mine is very similar to a lot of a lot of people. I was raised very much a Republican. Uh, I'm from a small small county in Southwest Kentucky. That it was a it was a blue dog Democratic county for ages, um, and that, that because that's just the way that part of the world is and was and the shift of 
the Democratic Party and the Republican parties in the 80s and 90s, I think, kind of shaped how the county and maybe more specifically my parents kind of viewed things. And so I was raised very Republican for the most part, uh, to the extent that in 2003, I got to go see George W. Bush speak at a, uh, it was just a big, like a big event there in Paducah, Kentucky. And then in 2004, I went out campaigning. I got really involved with the county Republicans, with the Kentucky State Republicans. Uh, there were a number of candidates, uh, Stephen Rudy and Dr. Ken Winters and uh, Jim Bunning. Their, their campaigns that year, I got to be very involved with those. I also got to travel to Missouri and go around and stump for George W. Bush and, and like actively campaign. Uh, I was the uh, county representative at the Kentucky Republican State Convention in 2004, uh, which was awesome. I, I got to put on a suit and walk around and uh, rub elbows with all of the like the RNC bigwigs at at the Kentucky State Convention. So it, it was really cool and it was an awesome experience. And, and in hindsight, um, I do not regret the experience because it was a very good one. And it, I learned a lot about politics and everything through it. But at the same time, seeing George W. Bush through a, uh, you know, hindsight's always 2020. Now looking back at it, like, gosh, what was I thinking, right? But that's where I was. Like I was, I was very Republican and, and I lived that and not just, you know, which it was before Twitter and Facebook and all of that. So you didn't have the, the internet warriors or anything like that, but I, I got out and these were the things that I believed in. And so those were the, you know, I, I lived my beliefs and moving forward in, uh, I also founded a college Republicans group at Murray on the Murray state campus. Like, uh, I, I was I was hardcore, you know. And moving forward, I graduated from college and moved and started working. And and it was around the time that, you know, and by by the time I graduated, the wars hadn't ended. Like whenever when 9-11 happened, I was a, a senior in high school. I remember it very vividly. I had uh I'd actually gone to, my mom was a preschool teacher at the elementary school, and I'd walked over to her room to get some money for something. And when I came back, I walked into our classroom, and the TV was on, and the first tower was on fire. And as I walked in, I was like, what's going on? And then you see the, the second plane hit the second tower by watching it live. And so, I, you know, I was all for it. Like, we had been attacked. We needed to hit back. Uh, as I've said in some Twitter posts, like, I, I am naturally a very violent person. So if, you know, if we get hit, we should be hitting back. We shouldn't be sitting around talking about it. And so I was all in favor of the, the wars initially. Except that we weren't going to war with the right people. And the excuses for why we were going to war really felt like bullshit. And then it never ended. And it didn't seem like there was 
any intent for it to ever end. And it seemed like the more we were there, the worse the problem got. There. And it just didn't make any sense. And it rubbed me the wrong way. And it pushed me in the direction of not thinking that the Republican Party actually cared about small government, actually cared about conservatism, actually cared about any of the things that I thought they did, that they claimed to. And so I'd started to get disenfranchised by 2006-ish. And then I graduated college in 2007 and I moved, moved off and started working. And that was when the Obama campaign came around. And, and then you've got John McCain as the Republican nominee. At the same time that you've got all of the too big to fail bailouts and the housing bubble. And I actually, you know, took time to look at what caused all these things to be a problem to begin with. And it all came back to the government having their hands in literally everything. And you've got Ron Paul on stage, the Republican nominee telling everybody all of this, that pointing out all the things that I had figured out on my own just by doing some research, but on a stage actually saying it. And then he gets fucking railroaded so that John McCain can be the nominee. And I was done. I was done. I was out. Fuck the Republican Party at that point. They don't care. I'm out. So, and I've always had sort of a, anarchical streak to me anyway. I've, I've never been a, a big uh, respecter of authority. I've, I've always kind of pushed back against literally anything. If, I'm, if somebody tells me I have to do it because they say so, then there's a pretty good chance I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, I, I am that, uh, oh, what's the, there's a certain term for it. It's like you need to convince somebody that it's their own idea for them to do it. And that's, that's me to a T. Like if there's somebody telling me to do it, there's a very low chance I'm going to actually do it. But if I believe that it's my idea and I have the opportunity to do it of my own volition and free will, then there's a pretty good chance that I will. And, and so that, you know, seeing the, the bubble pop and the recession that ensued and all of the too big to fail bailouts and then McCain as the nominee it just convinced me that I didn't want anything to do with the two-party system whatsoever anymore. I had, uh, I definitely identified with the libertarian ideas, but I didn't really know what the libertarian party was. And so I was more or less a, an, an ANCAP, much more on the and less on the cap, <laughs> which I still am, honestly. But I kind of divorced myself from politics and got out of it, just kind of didn't pay attention for there for about four years. And then in 2012, it comes back around and it's another campaign, another, you know, 
another time around. Uh, I guess we'd have the Tea Party phenomenon that happened in 2010. And while I liked what the Tea Party kind of stood for in terms of uh, trying to rein in government spending, it was also organized by a bunch of fucking morons who didn't understand economics or how the world works. So, like, I was paying attention, but I wasn't really paying attention. And then in 2012, the Republicans ran Mitt fucking Romney, Obama like, I think. And at that point, I was completely done, completely done. And I knew who the Libertarian Party was. But when I looked at the Libertarian Party, they weren't any better. They were, they were Republican light. They were Democrat light. Like they weren't, there was nothing about the messaging. There was nothing about what the party seemed to, to really be pushing or standing for that set it apart. That made me think, yeah, this is, you know, this is something that I want to get behind. This is something that I would be involved in and feel good about. Because after being involved actively with the Republicans and coming away feeling pretty shitty about that, I wasn't going to get involved with something else that was just going to turn around and be gar hot garbage, you know. So I pretty well just from 12 to 14, 15, I pretty much just didn't pay attention to anything political whatsoever. I, I would post some stuff here and there from time to time on specific topics that I was interested in, but I really didn't care. I had a good job. I had stuff going on. Like I had more than enough other stuff going on in my life that politics could just be a, a complete, you know, afterthought. And that was good. That was good. I, I needed that time in my life. Well, so then come around to 2015 and you have a strong push from the Democrats for more gun control. You also have the Supreme Court ruling on gay marriage. You have all kinds of other stuff going on. So I started getting back more involved in politics. Plus, towards the end of 2015, that's when you start to see the, uh, you know, the nominees shaping up, Bernie versus Hillary, and then the whole swath of Republican candidates, which I was a big fan of Ben Carson. Um, but, you know, if you looked at him, you know, you had Trump and there was a lot of stuff that was shaping up for 16 that was very interesting. So, you know, I started paying attention again. Well, 16 really showed me that the two party system fucking sucks. And I started looking at like other candidates and other ideas. And, and I went back to the Libertarian Party specifically and started looking at, okay, who are they running? What are they, what are they running on? What's, you know, is this something that's going to have a chance? And I, everything about what the Libertarian Party's ideals and platform are, were perfect. They perfectly aligned with what I wanted, except that the candidates were Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. And Gary Johnson just did not inspire any level of interest. And Bill Weld pushed me away. Like, once I started looking at that motherfucker, it actively pushed me away to the point that 
I was a I wrote my vote in for Daryl Castle, the Constitution Party candidate, because at least the Constitution Party and their candidate seemed to stand for the things that I wanted and weren't just more of the same two party bullshit with maybe a little bit less or maybe a, a sprinkling of the two together to to try to appease people and and be popular. Like I, I didn't want popular. I wanted somebody that actually believed in what I believed in and had that as their campaign stance. And so I threw my vote away and voted for, you know, wrote in, and it was literally a throwaway vote. Uh, uh, I checked the, the registers for the state of Indiana and my write-in vote in my county did not get counted. <laughs> so it, it was literally a throwaway vote. And that's a whole other thing. Like, that pisses me off to no end. They, if I'm going to take the time to write it in, at least fucking write it, you know, at least count my vote, right? So anyway, I didn't, I didn't like Trump, but I didn't necessarily dislike him. He just, he's a fucking clown show. And it, that's, it's what it was. He was highly entertaining. And a lot of times he said some of the right things, but he didn't accomplish anything. And, you know, so for the next, Two, three years, I kind of drifted along and I was much more politically active and I promoted and pushed more of the libertarian ideas on things because they're the right ideas. But I never got involved in the party because I just thought the party was a fucking failure, especially after, you know, Gary Johnson. I left a bad taste in my mouth. Fast forward to 2020 and or actually it was late 2019. Uh, it was whenever Tulsi Gabbard was on went on Joe Rogan. And so I started listening to Tulsi and I started listening to Joe Rogan and his show. And, and I really liked Tulsi, uh, but there was no way, no way the Republic or the Democrats were going to let her have any, any chance. Um, but as I started listening to Rogan, I heard Michael Malice and Malice was really interesting. I liked a lot of things he had to say. So I started listening to Malice's show. And then Malice and Dave Smith did a crossover episode. So I started listening to Dave Smith and part of the problem as well. And from there, that's how I found out about the Mises Caucus and everything that was going on with that. So I started checking them out on Facebook and following what was going on. And then they had the, the money bomb in 2020. And it was, as it so happened, I was off work that day. And so I sat here at the house with my kids and watched the entire Money Bomb that whole afternoon and evening of Michael Heiss and all of the different guests that they had on and the, the group of women, Mosh Teray, and they went through the different candidates that the, the Mises Caucus was sponsoring. And as I watched this thing, it was like, holy shit, this is everything that I thought the Libertarian Party was supposed to be about. Like, that's what these people are about. This is the libertarian, this is the libertarian caucus of the libertarian party. And if they're talking about growing and expanding and, and taking over and, and making this, like making actual libertarianism, what the libertarian party is about, well, fuck yeah. I, so that afternoon I signed up as, for a recurring donership and I actually need to increase that because like I'm, I would want, I'm, I'm at a point where I want to give more money to that cause. Um, but that also got me, to start getting in touch with and engaged with my state and local libertarian parties. And so I joined the LPIN and I got hooked up with the Vanderburg County 
libertarians and started like checking stuff out and doing stuff and getting more active and involved. And as so happens, because this kind of ties into it, the second part of the, the question for my libertarian origin story was also, how did I get started in the podcasting stuff? Well, that led me to, uh, Dave Smith actually led me to Peddling Fiction. And so I was listening to Johnny on Peddling Fiction and one day on an episode, he said he had a YouTube channel and a Facebook group and all this stuff and that he was just terrible with social media. And he, he said he really needed someone to just run that stuff for him. And so, so a, a week or so later, uh, he said something similar again. And I sent him a message on Twitter and I said, hey, have you have you happened to find anybody to to run your social media stuff for you? And he said, no, do you want to? He's like, let's do this. I was like, yes, because something so something that I've noticed uh, when, you know, when listening to his episodes and, and other shows was that they're an hour long. And a lot of the complaint that people have is that they don't have an hour to sit down and just listen to something, which is bullshit, but whatever. But you would there would be these like really good seg segments that would be like four or five minutes long of just a good rant that nailed everything that I was thinking. And, you know, the things that, that really got at the heart of what's going on in the country at the time. And so I started pulling these clips together because uh, Johnny basically just gave me free reign of the YouTube and, and the, the YouTube channel and the uh, the Facebook group. Like It was just like here. They're yours. Do with them what you want. And so, so I started. I started making clips, and we started doing a weekly meme stream on the the Facebook group. And like we had uh, there for a while. We had weekly video calls where people in the group would just randomly pop in, and we would talk for two, three, four hours sometimes, uh, and just talk about whatever was going on in the world at the time. And it was a lot of fun. So, so that working with him and wanting to kind of help grow the show, I started reaching out to people. Uh, I started talking to the guys at Lions of Liberty about possibly having Johnny on for an interview. Started talking to, uh, and I don't know, I don't remember where I heard of Lions of Liberty and Buck Johnson. I mean, I'm sure it was through Dave or, you know, some of those shows, but like I, I had started finding all these other liberty-based podcast and so i started reaching out to those guys i was like hey would you want to have johnny on for an interview and and give him a chance to talk and maybe promote his show a little bit and so he got on lines of liberty and then a little while later maybe a week or so later he was on with buck johnson and which led to sort of similar things in that uh i'd gotten talking to the lines of liberty guys and got in on their Facebook groups, and they said, uh, Mark, Claire actually posted that they needed a social media intern, someone to help manage the different social media accounts and, and doing clips and stuff like that, and I sent him a message. I was like, I already do that stuff for, for the Peddling Fiction podcast. Would you, would you want me to do that sort of stuff for you as well? And they were like, yeah, if you, you know, if you don't think it's too much and you want to do that, then sure, we'll bring you on and, and let you take it over. So I became the Lions of Liberty social media intern. And since I was already doing that stuff for, for Johnny and for Lions, uh, I reached out to Buck just on a whim. I say, like, hey, I've been making clips and stuff for these guys. Like, would you, would you mind if I started doing similar stuff 
for your show as well and and post them around on social media and he was like yeah absolutely i'm not going to tell you no if you want to make content for me <laughs> so so that's how i ended up getting involved in all of that and and then for this for doing my own uh i would write stuff regularly and it didn't matter what i wrote it just didn't get any kind of traction but i could make a a short video which i like the first few that i did were three to eight minutes long just me kind of having a short rant about something or explaining something kind of from a, a libertarian lean and they would get two three hundred views whereas i would write this long eloquent article about the same thing and nothing it get nothing people don't read anymore but people will watch a three to five minute video video so I decided to start my own podcast and it was really just specifically geared for whoever's watching it right now. Like if you, if you're watching this, you were probably my target audience. You, you're probably a friend of mine who knows who I am and actually cares what my opinion is on some of this crazy stuff that's going on in the world. So, uh, you know, that's kind of wrapping it all together as to how I really got involved with libertarianism at the same time that I really got involved with podcasting. And now that's ended up growing. Uh, I do work for Break the Cycle with Josh Smith. Uh, I've, I've actually picked up uh, some, so I'm working with uh, Eric Larson and his show, The Paradox, which he was, uh, he's been a guest on the all three of the Lions of Liberty shows, actually. Um, so he had asked me if I would do some work for his wife, who has a show called Always Andy's Mom, uh, which is uh, not at all political. It's about... Uh, grieving and and losing a child and that she talks to parents who have who have lost children and like working through the grief process and everything uh so it, like that and that one that is that's where my heart is like I, I really love that I've gotten the opportunity to work with that show as a result of all of this other stuff because that like that's changing lives the all this political stuff is just you know idiots screaming at a at a computer screen but what she does is it's actually changing and saving lives. And that's, it's beautiful work. But so I get to work with her and I get to work with Eric on the paradox, which is really cool because he talks to doctors. And so it comes from a medical perspective, which is, you know, completely different from what most of us are really all of us do. Uh, uh, we've gotten to work with Carlos Avalar, who is the owner of and sponsor of the show, CBD, uh, uh, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. And Carlos wanted to start his own show and and gear his towards uh, his Hispanic friends, specifically his his Mexican friends and that audience. So I've gotten to work with him on kind of launching out his his show and creating that and everything, which has been a lot of fun. So and and I'm in the process of working on talking to some others and getting work with some other shows as well. So it's been a it has been a wild fun ride and. I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of where it goes from here. And I talked for way longer than what I thought I would on this. Uh, apparently that first three minute video that I did with my libertarian uh, origin story was extremely truncated and pr probably didn't get to the heart of any of it. But I say all of that to say this has been a fucking blast. I've had so much fun doing all of this and, and now this year getting to travel and meet like I got to meet Buck, I got to meet Jeff Dice, I got to meet Pete Quinones, I got to meet Tho Bishop, 
and John Odermatt, Scott Horton, Dave Smith, like Shane Hazel, and now doing the show that's that Shane and I are doing with the kids and, and putting out kid-related content. Like the whole thing has just been a wild and fun ride. And I am so looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. And hopefully you'll come along with me for this ride and, uh, and see what else we get into. So thank you very much for listening and I hope you have a great day. I'm not going to number these because, because I did get so many good ideas from the last episode or uh, not the last episode from that Facebook and Twitter post for different content. Um, I've actually got uh, four interviews lined up plus quite a bit of other content. Plus, I had a couple different topics that I already had kind of lined up that I was going to talk about. So if you see me wearing the same shirt in like six videos in a row, I apologize. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll change shirts in between videos just so it seems like I recorded them on different days and didn't do them all back to back. We'll see. If you notice the same shirt over and over again, I do have three identical shirts. So we'll just blame it on that. Hope everybody has a good one. <laughs>